Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton, and on this episode, we have the one, the only, the Megan Hall on the show with us. I uh, want to bring her on, kind of give her story, her ever-evolving story in sports media coverage. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show, but up first is the Get Off Your Chest segment. We talk about a Black woman uh, in history that created history to open up for Women's History Month. And I have a new one for you all on this one, and that is Zendaya. Yeah, everybody knows her from uh, Euphoria and things like that. We're going to get to that, but we're going to give you a little bit of the first of the story about her, okay? A lot of people probably don't know, but Zendaya was actually Zendaya Sterner Coleman. Yes, she has a last name, people. Coleman uh, was born on September 1st, 1996 in in California, yes, she was born in the Bay. Um, her father was a black uh, black man, of course, obviously, and her mom is of German and Scottish ancestry. It's there you go, send there. Okay, uh, she attended Fruitvale Elementary School, where her mother taught for two decades. So yes, her mom was a teacher. Um, she first started acting when she performed in a play for Black History Month with two of her friends when she was younger of course she continued to grow with additional performances but she also uh sang and danced as well so you know kind of the triple threat sing dance act do all those things uh she would continue to act uh as she was in of course uh high school but before that of course she would work uh do some work with disney 2009 uh and of course with singing and acting and she did that from 2009 to 2015 and she also would can of course continue to act in high school she went to Oakland School of the Arts, actually. So you should get a sense this. Zendaya is from the Bay, which I didn't know this. This is something new to me. There you go. But, um, of course, uh, she would, uh, you know, eventually uh, transition. She wanted to get out of the Disney role she had been in and all those different Disney things. She's done, you know, the, the little cute stuff that everybody likes. Uh, she kind of got out of that, and then she went on to do some more adult acting. Uh, she went to do, uh, let's see, played. Uh, she was in Spider-Man Homecoming. And then she was in The Greatest Showman with Zac Efron. And then but her most challenging role and her most adult role came about when she took on the role of Rue, a 17-year-old addict on the show Euphoria. Now, everyone loved the performance that she had. And she would uh, win an Emmy for that performance in 2019. And when winning that Emmy in 2019, she would be the youngest winner ever of an Emmy. Zendaya. Zendaya Coleman, as they call her. She <laughs> is a part of uh, Black history, and she is uh, a Black woman making history. Now, I got to ask you, first question, Megan, did you know that she had a last name before today? <laughs> I mean, I assumed she had a last name, like most, you know, most folks do. But I don't think I ever thought to myself, like, what is her last name? It's just, hey, she's been known professionally as Zendaya, and like, that's what I'm going to call her. Yep. Well, you know, they call her Zendaya Coleman back in, back in, back in the hood. I guess they could call. But um, and then also, did you know that? I mean, I, 
I, I kind of enjoy her more more adult acting than I did the Disney acting. I guess it's just I guess my age, but you know, Euphoria, I've watched it. I mean, I mean, it's 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 very interesting, and she definitely pushes the envelope of the things that she can do within that show. I mean, I, I've watched it. Have you watched that show before? No, I actually, oddly, and I know, I'm sorry, anybody listening, I did not watch the show. I remember the hype of it. I remember, like, it, you know, people were tweeting and Facebooking crazy about, you know, about uh, the show. I just remember people talking about, like, yeah, how well she had done in the show and how realistic she made those scenes feel. Um, but, I, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't necessarily shocked by that. You know, I, I she's Spider-Man. She, that, that's where I associate Zendaya from. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, if it's movies, you know, you could do shows as well and, and still uh, still affect the same sort of emotions and, and you know, uh, change. So, but yeah, I mean, hey, I'll, maybe I'll have to go back and watch that. I feel like I need time to like just dedicate where I don't have the force of Twitter telling me like what to think so I could just <laughs> watch it. Now, I'll tell you, there's another actress in that movie that's in that, I'm sorry, in that show that's Storm Reed as well. Now, mm. she just kind of, She's, uh, I believe, uh, at USC now in in school there. But you know, she's kind of coming of age of her herself as well. So you know, the the two they actually play sisters in this in the show. So okay, yeah. okay, all right. So that's uh enough of uh talking about um. Of course, not enough, but there's all there's never enough you can talk about in terms of black women in excellence. But you know, we have to kind of transition to the actual part of the show where we talk about. Megan, yes, we gotta talk about Megan. Okay, uh, of course. Um, where, what part of uh, Georgia did you grow up? You grew up in Georgia, correct, or do I have it kind of uh, wrong? Name? Yeah. So I am actually originally from Texas. Uh, I was mm-hmm. born in Houston, raised in Dallas. I l- moved to Georgia when I was like a kid, like elementary school. Um, and uh, I've been right outside the metro Atlanta area since then. Um, so you, I guess you could say I'm practically from here, but I still have Texas roots now. I don't forget that at all. Um, even though I think, you know, other folks probably like to call me a Georgia peach. I am not. I, I still have Texas roots at at the heart. So. Okay. Well, I won't tell if you want to, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) as far as, (laughs) as far as, uh, as growing up, um, you know, how how was it growing up since you said you moved there in elementary school? How was it growing up in Georgia? Oh, yeah, it was very different. Um, I'll say this. When I first moved here, like, just the physical appearance <laughs> of Georgia was very different. Like, very hilly, lots of trees, lots of mountains, things that I was not used to seeing. Um, and I think that was a that was a shock and then also like i grew up i've always grown up out in the suburbs so even here i didn't realize how packed the suburbs were out here too so that was a that was a whole another like there's so many people in such a small area like what's what's happening um and i'll be honest with you like i didn't georgia did not feel like any remotely close to home until probably close to college like after i had been here you know years um, I still missed my family. Most of my family is still, you know, home. Um, and yeah, it just, it was different. You know, you grew up, I spent my childhood there. Like all my like molding and shaping years were spent in Texas. So, you know, when you throw something different at that, you're like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know if I like this. Um, it took me, yeah, it took me a while to kind of like have Georgia like grow on me. 
So when in Georgia or in Texas as well, did you play any sports? Yeah, so I did not play any sports uh, in Texas, but I did play here in Georgia. So um, I'll tell you a funny story, oddly enough. But when I was in high school, I actually was uh, what you'd call, you know, most people like to call an orca dork. So I played violin for, for years and years. And it wasn't until I actually needed an elective um, on my schedule that, that I was like, you know what, this seems interesting. Like, let's throw this in here. It was actually weight training. Realized I was really good, you know, at lifting weights and that sort of thing. I really liked it as a stress relief, but I was actually naturally strong for as small as I am. Um, and I remember <laughs> one of the coaches came up to me. He's like, hey, um, would you would you be interested in playing football? And I'm like, um, that sounds like a lot of fun, but I don't think my parents would go for it. And of course, no, my mom was like, absolutely not. No, 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 no. So I just, you know, just kind of took that through in the back pocket. Like, we'll come back to it. So I continued playing violin, and then um, I learned that my high school was getting a lacrosse team. And lacrosse is a combination of football, basketball, soccer. Like, it's a lot of sports at once, hockey, all at once. And so when I came back to my parents, I was like, hey, this is what I want to play. My mom was like, okay, maybe. (laughs) Um, You know, so I ended up playing lacrosse um, for uh, my senior season. I really wish I could have played longer. But yeah, I ended up playing uh, lacrosse, but football has always been around in the background. Like either I was friends with football players, my brother, my younger brother played football. We were always going to games. You grow up in Texas. I mean, football is practically in your blood. Like you're going to be around football. So the fact that I found my way like back to football doesn't surprise me, even with lacrosse thrown in the middle. All right. All right. Well, we do have someone in the uh, tour in the ASC South inbox. Miss uh, Sarah Small said, hey, Megan and everyone. Well, hello to you, Sarah. And she Hi, hopes Sarah. that, uh, and she hopes that you know the Colts get Anthony Richardson. Now we may get to that Colts talk a little bit later in the show. Now, um, for those that aren't aware, uh, Megan does a few things with uh, you know Colts Wire, and uh, you know she is a Colts fan. But we're not going to hold that against her. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, I got to poke a little bit of fun at you, Megan. Come on. I, I'm not even shocked but, uh, by that. Not even shocked by that. <laughs> But uh, we're going to get into a little bit more about Megan and growing up and how she discovered about writing on sports. But first, we do have to take a commercial break. Break. We'll be right back on Torn ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. Whether it's local or long distance, Milligan Logistics has you covered. Milligan Logistics was established in 2020 with over a combined 15 years of experience in trucking, hauling and logistics along with over 50 years collectively of project management experience again whether it's near or far milligan logistics has you covered with quality service efficiency while taking pleasure in exceeding clients expectations need goods moved short or long distance milligan logistics has you covered just reach out to them at 615-354 2618. That's 615-354-2618. Or you can send them an email at milliganlogistics at gmail.com. Again, that's milliganlogistics at gmail.com. All right, and we're back. And before we left, we, we kind of poked a little fun at the Colts. We're going to get there to the Colts talk, but... <laughs> 
I have to ask, like, um, you know, you didn't really discover writing in terms of sports writing early, but did you just when did you discover writing in general? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so fun fact is I've actually always been a really good writer. Um, I, I just never really tapped into it, to be quite honest with you. Um, always did really well in like any of my English classes. I remember I think I tested out of one of my English classes when I got to college, uh, just being, you know, fairly decent writer. Um, that always came naturally to me, but it was never something that I thought would be like a passion at any point. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, yeah, last year. Yeah, I would say, oh gosh, we're, we're rolling up on almost a year now. But um, last year when I got the opportunity to just take all my ranting as a fan and actually put it in a, a dedicated space and started writing uh, for the for, about the Colts and the AFC South for a company called Stadium Rant. And uh, yeah, that was uh, just a casual kind of thing. And now it's not so casual. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hear you there. So let me kind of bring everything together for everyone that's that's kind of missed a little bit of that. You're working your day job, you're writing, yeah. and then also I'm going to throw in there another thing you were doing. You were actually doing a podcast too. So mm-hmm. doing all those things, how did you find the time? <laughs> I get asked that question so much, like so, so much. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I just found it. Like it was one of those things where I'll say this. When I first started, it was like, hey, you're going to write two articles a week or whatever else. Cool. Then it became, hey, can you add in a podcast? Okay, cool. So you started doing that. But I think it started to become fun, right? And when it started to become fun and I was passionate about what I was writing about, what I was speaking about. Like I started finding the windows like, Ooh, I got three hours. Great. I can sneak in some writing. Ooh, I got, you know, time on a Friday night where I'm not doing anything and I would probably be scrolling my phone. Great. There's a podcast time. Like we just started finding these pockets of windows. Um, and I think the more that, well, to be honest with you, the more that the season went along and it was painful, it was a painful season, <laughs> the more cathartic <laughs> the writing and the podcasting became. So it became a lot easier, but, I would also say that it was um, a lot of it was support from my husband. Like he was like, you know, he saw how passionate I was about it. He saw how much it made me happy. And if I told him like, Hey, we're going to record a podcast. He's like, okay, cool. What do you need from me? Or, Hey, you know, I'm going to go write. And usually I would do my writing at night, like after, you know, my kids are in bed and things like that, but it allowed me to quiet down everything from the day. And I could just talk about sports. I could just talk about football. And so that became easy. And that became my like, oh, okay, I get to write tonight. Like, <laughs> that, you know, that became my kind of outlet. And it was nice because, again, we, have a, we were having a terrible season. So it was like, okay, how can I, like, get out all these raw emotions I have about my team in a way that's organized and that makes sense and that maybe somebody else will, you know, relate to it. It was through writing. Well, you know, you hear people wearing sunglasses at night. Hey, people write at night, too. But, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, me, I actually, I have a story, you know, you talked about kind of finding time to write. Uh, back when I first started writing, just I'm going to kind of age for anyone that's listening. I did not have a computer. So oh, man. I wrote on my actual phone. I had mm. a Blackberry at the time and I would literally a Blackberry. write on my phone. I literally would write all my articles, 250, 300 some of my words. I would proofread them, do all those different things and pictures from my phone. 
Which oh man! I tell people this. I tell people this that these days. Like, you really did what? You must have really loved to write if you wrote from your phone. I'm like, yeah, I did. I caught the bug. I caught the bug. It's all I could say. Yeah. But, um. Now I want to go back a little bit. Uh, you said uh, in terms of writing uh, sports, you know, it kind of caught the bug. Uh, you know, and you like the nice little segue there, even though bug caught the bug. But anyway, um, you kind of. Um, started writing and then writing sports and you felt passionate about it. You said, yeah, I saw the passion that you kind of poured into it. But can you take us back to the time when it first started, when you first felt that burst of energy to actually write? And I'm pretty sure it was probably with Stadium Red. But can you take us back to that moment in time? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got uh, I think I got tagged in a tweet. And someone was like, hey, they're looking for, you know, Colts fans to write. And I'm like, okay, cool. So anyways, you know, go through the whole process of, of getting set up with Stadium Rant. And I uh, I wrote my first couple articles and felt pretty decent about them, right? Like I got some decent little traction on it. Hey, this is really cool that you write. Um, and then uh, I started cranking out, you know, just the two articles that I was required of me at the time. And um, eventually I realized I wanted to write like more. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'll just keep that in the back of my mind. Stadium Rant comes to me and they're like, hey, would you be interested in being managing editor of Indy at the time? What was IndieIntercept.com, which is their, uh, their cult site. And I'm like, I've never done managing editor duties, but yeah, sure. Let's roll with it. Um, so that, you know, that increased my ability, not only for me, for me to write, like I was required to write quite a bit, but I had to look at other people's articles. And then I realized it became a passion for storytelling was because I was helping other people tell their stories and tell their thoughts. Right. Like it was, it went from just a casual, like, Hey Meg, you're just going to write and you're going to say your thoughts to now I have other people who I can teach how to write stories. Like maybe they're fans as well. And they may, maybe writing is not necessarily their strong suit or Hey, storytelling is in a structured way. is not their strong suit, but I can help here. Um, because I, I'm a content creator through and through, and that's what I do in, you know, in my day job and I'm now doing content, you know, in the evenings. And so I think it was then at that point when I brought, you know, I, I essentially brought my skills to, to the team. You're talking about a team of what five guys at this point, um, who were all Colts fans as well, former players as well, who were also wanting to write, but just, you know, Hey, maybe the, again, writing's not their strong suit, but they, they, Hey, we want, we want to, we want to rant in a proper space. Um, but I think it was that time where it was like, hey, I'm teaching them how to write, teaching them how to, you know, put together stories and put together concepts. And I think it was right, like right in the midst of that, like probably, I don't know, October of last year, where I was like, this is really fun. Like, this is really, really fun. And I really enjoyed the writing. And I enjoyed not only, of course, you know, pitching stories and ideas with them, but I enjoyed the writing even outside of helping them. Like my writing by myself was like, it just became exponentially better. And I think that was the thing. Like I realized then like I'm a storyteller. That is what I do. Okay. Okay. Storyteller. Okay. Um, now <laughs> from there, you know, the kind of the passion picked up, and, you know, yeah. I want to tell everyone about kind of your news and what you're doing now and your transition you're making. Uh, that's mm -hmm. okay with you. Can I tell everyone about that? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Oh, go for it. Okay. So now, you know, this passion has gone up another level of wanting to kind of make this it, basically. 
So now you're enrolled in Full Sail University. For those that aren't aware, of course, uh, can you explain what Full Sail is, uh, by the way? Yeah, so Full Sail is, I would say, probably one of the premier uh, colleges, universities in the country as far as um, being tapped into uh, a particular injury, uh, industry. Um, so in my case, it is sports, you know, media, entertainment. They've got, um, I mean, amazing connections from former uh, players, former directors, um, actors. I mean, you name it, they've got the tools there. And these people are dedicated to helping other people, you know, achieve their dreams. So I, I think for me, full sales, it's, it's, it's literally, it's a, it's a, a launch. It's, Hey, put you in the water and go, so to speak, <laughs> all the puns. Okay. intended. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, now your ultimate, what, uh, you know, we know that you're passionate. We know you have the drive to do this. But in enrolling at Full Sail University and trying to kind of make a career of this, what do you kind of see of your is your ultimate dream with pursuing this? Yeah, I think honestly the the biggest thing for me is one just to be happy. That was the first thing. Like, can I be happy with anything that I do? Um, I think the second thing was not to hide the the creative in me, not to hide the storyteller in me. So if I get to do that in any sort of space, I think I'll be happy. Um, but I realize I'm happiest when I'm telling stories about sports um, and mainly football. Football is obviously the the, the focal point there. But, I, you know, I'm a basketball fan, baseball fan. If, you, if you're watching this live, I've got my Braves hat on today's opening day. Um, but, uh, you know, just telling sports stories in general, I think, would be the, the goal there. But I think for me, it's like, how can I get to a national platform where I'm able to be like a, you know, a Joy Taylor, for example, who's on uh, speak on, you know, Fox Sports, um, that sort of arena where she is so knowledgeable and so comfortable in who she is. She says what she thinks. She speaks her truth and completely, you know, goes on about her business. And she she handles it like, you know, the, the wonderful woman that she is would love to do something like that where I'm able to sit in that kind of space with my peers who, um, you know, respect me for what I am. It's, it's a community, right? Like it's, it's, it's a welcomed community where she is welcome. And I want to emulate that as well. Like I want to be able to tell people that like, Hey, this is possible and you can tell stories in a very, you know, varying ways, but would love to do that on a national platform. Okay. All right. All right. Well, <clears throat> you do have a, an adoring fan, of course, that is uh, has checked into the Tournay SC South Inbox again. That would be Miss Sarah Small. Said she loves your <laughs> article, Megan. Keep killing it. So, hey, there Thank you go. I'm oh, sorry. Listen, let me Sarah, say Sarah's, Sarah's a real one. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me say it exactly how she said it. I love your articles, Megan. Keep killing it, girl. That's how she said it. But, you know, I kind of shortened it up and, you know, I did whatever with it. But, you know, let me let me do it justice since Sarah said it and not me. But I, I um, appreciate you, Sarah. I do. I do. I do. A whole lot. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back. We're going to have a couple more questions. And, yes, we do have a game on this episode. <laughs> gonna be fun dun, 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 dun. Oh but anyway <laughs> uh, it's gonna be fun you're definitely gonna enjoy it but first a commercial break on tour in AFC South with your host Mike Patton did you see my picture at, on the artwork for the show well it was taken by Joshua Silver's photography let me tell you he held the whole shoot with class and professionalism 
And he can do the same for you. Whether it's a model shoot, couples photos, headshots, attorney shoot, senior photos, or more. He has you covered. Just give him a call at 423-557-6746. Again, that's 423-557-6746. Or you can check him out on Instagram at Joshua Silvers Photography to book your shoot. Again, Joshua Silvers Photography, where class and professionalism meets great photos. All right, and we're back for the last segment of touring the ASC South. Uh, but of course, not the least important. But, um, you know, of course, I didn't ask you. And for those that know Megan, you know that she is a Colts fan. I did not ask you, how did you become a Colts fan? Um, yeah, that's a good question, which I get a lot. Colts fan, um, in, Colts fan in Atlanta, by the way. Colts fan in mm-hmm, Atlanta. Let's, let's, just, mm-hmm. let's just give everybody the entire scenario, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as you know from, from listening to the beginning of the podcast, I am originally from Texas, and when I grew up, I was a Cowboys fan, right? Like, that is just almost innate. You're going to be a Cowboys fan for, I would say, probably 80% of the folks. And you have Texans fans as well, of course. Um, but for me, like, I grew up a Cowboys fan. I just, hey, I watched whatever my family watched. But as I got older and started watching more and more football, I was like, okay, well, you know, hey, Cowboys are cool, but I don't want that heartbreak um, all the time. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't necessarily, like, want that for my life. That's not what I had envisioned. Um, and so I just started watching more football, started, you know, paying a lot more attention. And I would say, you know, probably when I was in high school, uh, you know, when I started becoming more and more aware of uh, of players on the certain players on the field and, you know, people making plays. And I remember watching the Colts march to the Super Bowl. And uh, I, I remember being at a Super Bowl party and the entire I mean, the entire house that we're at is everybody's going for the Bears because, you know, nobody's they've like counted the Colts out, which, hey, I get it. Bears are playing like great football at this point. Devin Hester included. Um, <laughs> but um, I remember saying to myself, you know what? Like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go for the Colts. Like Peyton Manning had been like tearing people up left and right. Like, I just love the way that he commanded the field. You know, they don't call him the sheriff for nothing. And um, yeah, end up watching, of course, the Colts come back in the Super Bowl. They win that Super Bowl. And I was hooked from then on. I was like, all right, I'm in. And I will admit, I was a little casual for like at least maybe a, a year or two after that. But I started playing uh, flag football in college and I started playing fantasy football and that changed a whole lot for me of how I understood the game and how I understood like what certain players do uh, because I, yeah, my, the, my fantasy success was tied to it and it actually helped me learn who was on my team because I mean, I was making rookie mistakes, like, you know, drafting my own wide receivers and things like that. Uh, <laughs> but I was, it, it helped me learn. So when, you know, when Peyton Manning left, you know, I stayed. When Andrew Luck came and left, you know, I stayed. And I think for me, it became a way to just utilize the knowledge that I did have in a, in a more productive way um, in terms of like, you know, fantasy football. And then it became, oh, you play fantasy football? That's really cool as a woman because there weren't a whole lot of women at that time playing fantasy football. 
And that turned into me like tweeting about my fan- <laughs> my fantasy football and and uh, and then it became me analyzing games and you know running tape back and you know and yelling with my family about games and you know getting into arguments with people about things that I saw. Um, so yeah, I, I knew I was like deep in the trenches when uh, I went to my very first NFL game uh, some years back. It was actually here in Atlanta. It was a Colts uh, Falcons game, and I went with my best friend and. I remember being uh, being in the stands, and uh, this is during like the Andrew Luck and like Kobe Fleener days, and I'm I'm calling people out left and right, and she's like, "You're calling these people by their first names, like you know them," and I'm like, "I kind of do, like what?" <laughs> like I knew I was deep at that point. <laughs> um, you know, I felt like these were my guys, so yeah, I, I've I've been dedicated for a little while now. All right, so the Super Bowl did it. That's who we have to blame. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. and I'm kidding. listen, hey, listen, <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, to be fair, though, it's not like I went anywhere. Like, you've seen a lot of folks where, like, they, their team win the Super Bowl, and then they, like, they're super casual after that. No, I've been in the trenches. So I've been here through all this ugly and these not winning the division, you know, years and things like that. Like, I'm still here. I'm actually a fairly loyal person, pretty loyal, I would like to think. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. But I have one more question for you. Uh, right. Any advice to anyone, you know, that's thinking of maybe, you know, at some point, hey, this isn't for me anymore. I want to make this my career or making that pivot, that change in their career uh, to, you know, kind of move towards something that makes them happy and doing that for a living. Any advice you would have for anyone, especially black journalists or black women in media and sports as well? Oh, that is a spicy question. Um, you know what? I would say the first thing is, yeah, ask yourself what makes you happy. Let's start with there. Like, what's your purpose? What is going to make you happy? What's your purpose? You can answer that question. And even if you don't have the answer to that question, you got to find it first. Uh, once you find that, then you'll be able to, you know, dictate which way that you want to move. I think the biggest thing for anyone, either myself included, is remaining true to who you are. Like, if you know that you are, you know, a reporter by nature, if you know that you're a storyteller by nature, if you know that, like, hey, I, you know, graphic design is what I want to do, whatever it is, like, do that and and be happy. Um, I think we spend a lot of time trying to fit into boxes because this is the expectation or this is what our parents told us or this is what society told us. Like, at the end of the day, like, None of, none of that is going to matter if you aren't happy. So I would say start with there. Um, and I would say as far as like black journalists or, or uh, you know, black media, I think the biggest thing is, is, is your, your representation, the way that you show up in rooms matters. So wherever you go, like show up as you 100% full, full force, like don't be unapologetically you. Um, I think that's the best thing that you can do um, because Again, that representation is going to matter not only for you, but for the next person as well. For those, you know, those children that are growing up and seeing you, um, you know, in spaces they think that they can't be in, but you've now shown them it's possible. So always be you. There you go. There you go. Don't shrink in the moment. There you go. Absolutely. Take up the space. Take up the space. There you go. Now we have come to the end of the show and, uh, you know, out of uh, fun getting to know you, Megan, and to talk about you know, your journey from where you started in Texas to now in Georgia and being a full-on Colts fan in Atlanta. But, (laughs) you know, there is a certain thing called a game that I have on this show. It's five questions, it's two answers, and you got one choice. I see you uh, chugging a little bit of water, trying to get yourself prepared for the, you know, it's going to be okay. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. First question. You have to pick one quarterback to be your backup. Are you picking Jacob Eason or Nick Foles? <laughs> From the top rope, I see. Uh, <laughs> and I'm talking about the version of Nick Foles that played for the Colts, not the version that yeah, played for the Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, oh, mm. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Give me Nick Foles. Still, um, I I don't know what I would be getting with Jacob Eason. I think that was part of the reason why he's no longer on the Colts. Is I think he was struggling to learn the playbook as well. So, yeah, even though it's ugly, give me Nick Foles. Oof. Okay, all right. Ah, here we go. Two spots in Georgia, Piedmont Park or Georgia Aquarium. Which one would you go for a relaxing day? Hmm. Um, I'm actually going to say the park. Um, the aquarium is nice, but it, it is always packed always. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I, I tend to like outdoor, um, walks in the park or, you know, going, going just sometimes fresh air is good. So yeah, give me the park. Uh, uh quick story on that one. Uh, Georgia aquarium where they had the media party for the Super Bowl when it was here, when it was in Atlanta last. So mm. I actually was there and got to tour it around and all that different stuff. It was it was fun. I actually covered that Super Bowl uh, a week, and I covered the previous one that was in Minneapolis. Now that's really cool. that was now that was interesting, and it got below zero every day in Minneapolis, <laughs> every single day. They never need to have another Super Bowl in Minneapolis. <laughs> no, 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 uh -uh. no, they need to veto it expeditiously. Yes, I use the word expeditiously, <laughs> just like T.I. does. I used expeditiously. Okay. <laughs> All right. The next question. 28 and three, 28 to three, I'm sorry, which is, of course, Pats versus Falcons, which yeah. know, Falcons fans don't want to remember that, or 33-0 which is Colts Vikings this past year. Which one was worse? 28 to three, easily, easily. <laughs> it's easily worse. It was in a Super Bowl. Like, I mean, let me say this. That Colts Vikings score was obviously the biggest comeback in NFL history. Like, I get that. I'm not, I'm not taking that away. But it was in a regular season game. You're talking about 28 to three in a Super Bowl. I I actually remember where I was, what was happening, what the room looked like, what people in the room, you know, sounded like, how defeated, like that whole room sounded like. I remember that vividly, like it just happened yesterday. And I still give my husband grief, like a good wife should, um, every time I see something <laughs> that's 28 to 3. So, yeah, give me 28 to 3 all day long. <laughs> all right. Okay. Next one. Waffle House for breakfast or at night? And at night, I mean, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, after the club, hanging out, something. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean at night when it comes to House. Oh, oh. I'm actually going to say Waffle House at night. Um, I was a broke college kid at one point, And, yeah, plenty of late night runs. Hey, you got 10 bucks? Like, let's go scrape something together to go get, you know, food at Waffle House. Yeah. Give me Waffle House at night. Yeah, Waffle House at night also give you some interesting stories and, and some interesting uh, things to watch. You can watch a whole movie play out in front of you if you uh, mm -hmm. you, know, you, you go you go to the select 
Waffle House in the select neighborhood that you might want to watch it in the movie. But <laughs> um, let's see. Of course, you got to cheer for one of these teams: okay. the Titans or the Patriots. Which ones are you going to cheer for? Good lord, really, Mike? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think I got to go. I think I got to go Titans, right? Like I, I got to. Uh, that Patriots hate was is pretty deep. Uh, you know, as a Colts <laughs> fan, like it's not as bad now because Tom Brady is gone. Like you don't feel the the the, the heaviness of that. But I cannot actively root for the Patriots. Um, I would much rather, even though I don't like rooting for the Titans either. I would much rather root for the Titans than the Patriots. I think this is maybe the one time I would say that I've heard you say you would root for the Titans. So, you know, we, we might we might kind of uh, encapsulate this moment here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love it. But, I love uh, it. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is the end of five questions, two answers, and one choice. I did have a bonus question for you, though. Go for it. All right. Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, which one do you want to be your quarterback? Oh, how did I know this was coming? Let, let me preface this by saying, if you follow me on Twitter, like, my mentions have been in ruins for days over this discourse, like, complete ruins for days. Um, we even talked about this on my own podcast earlier in the week about, like, you know, whether it's going to be Levis or, or Anthony Richardson. Um, here's what I think. I think that if you're taking either, you need to be prepared for what the upsides are, what the downsides are, right? Um, Obviously, if you're looking at them, excuse me, I view Bryce Young, CJ Stroud in tier one, and actually Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are both in tier two for me. They're both in that same sort of tier. Makes it tough to pick, you know, which one that you would want. Will Levis brings a whole lot to the table. Um, but I think Anthony Richardson's floor, or excuse me, his ceiling is a lot higher. Like the, the potential is almost out the roof. Um, if I had to pick, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the Colts and I'm picking at four, I'm going Anthony Richardson. Um, and not because I don't believe in Will Levis. It's not that. I think that the, the amount of things that you could get out of Anthony Richardson would be almost astronomical. Um, I think that for him, it is all about reps and he needs those. Um, I think that the coaching would make a big difference. Like Shane Steichen and I think an Anthony Richardson would be, I mean, a beauty of a match made in heaven. Um, he's Shane Steichen, super smart, super intelligent, sees the field like a QB sees. He would be able to so, so, so much into Anthony Richardson, um, along with uh, Cam Turner, the quarterback coach. Um yeah, if I had to pick, yeah, I would. I would say, I would say Anthony Richardson. I think Colts lead that way as well, um, and that's the rumblings I've heard too. So we'll see. No, okay, all right. We shall indeed see. But now I've got a interesting thing to throw out there. You did say his ceiling is higher, Anthony Richardson. You know, funny thing you said that is because at his pro day he was throwing the football and the football hit the ceiling <laughs> in the little dome that he was in. So yeah. that was yeah, quite funny that. to watch that. Yeah, well, and you know, the funny, funny thing is they asked him about it afterwards and he said, you know, he jokingly says, he's like, oh, well, I saw Will Levis do it. So I had to, you know, I had to try to put a hole through the ceiling. I mean, it's, I thought it was funny because, the, you know, three out of the four top quarterback prospects all hit the ceiling in their, you know, in their, uh, in their respective pro days. So, you know, I thought it was hilarious. I, I, 
I didn't see anything wrong with the throw. I mean, hey, it, it made it made for a fun end to the workout, I thought. Well, I would throw a Michael Jordan line in there that he said, but I'm, I'm not going to throw that in on this show. But, um, of course, uh, you know, we have reached the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank you, Megan, for coming on the show, uh, kind of giving us everyone your journey. Uh, of course, uh, talking about what all you're doing now or what are you kind of done to lead up to what you're doing now. Um, what I want to do now is kind of give you the floor, let you talk about what I'm working on, where people can find you on social media. The floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first thing is you can find me on Twitter. It's at the Megan Hall. Uh, same thing on Instagram. Uh, Real Life Blue Stories podcast is is my podcast. You can find that on on uh, Apple and Spotify and YouTube, of course. Uh, also on TikTok. Um, also on the Horseshoe Pride podcast. So if you heard me talk about it earlier in the, in the uh, in the show, my guys that I was writing with at Stadium Rant, we we've stayed with each other, and now we have a podcast where we <laughs> chop it up like you know, hey, like we're just watching TV. Um, and so we have a we have a podcast called Horseshoe Pride Podcast, and uh, that comes out. Those episodes are coming out every couple of weeks now uh, with the off season here. So that's that's fun. Um, it's a really lovely listen, really honestly. If you like if you like chaos, yeah, come listen to us. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think outside of that, uh, where you can find me writing, so it's it's Coltswire, so coltswire.usatoday.com. You'll find all my stuff, plus stuff from our staff as well. Um, yeah, I'm continuing to write, continuing to create content um, all the time. Um, I think this is just a really nice avenue to be able to do it now, and I can do it dedicated. I'm no longer ranting from my couch. Um, I'm now ranting into the uh, into the universe, and I love it. So yeah, there's my kind of. She kind of got in the game now. Now she is in the game. <laughs> yes, so, definitely uh, in the game. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank again for everyone for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at MikePadden82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-O-N-82 on Twitter. You can also find me on Instagram at the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore general underscore MP. As far as touring the ASC South, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music. Uh, of course, you can find it on YouTube if you like to watch it visually. Of course, when you watch all of those things, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And then also rate the show. And if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a review. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you all again for tuning in to Touring the ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.